Hello there and welcome to another week here on the Arctic Cube Film Podcast with Ben and Jacob. Coming up on today's podcast, we are going to be reviewing The King of States... How do you say it? Stated Island. Island. <laughs> it took me like five tries to get this that right. This is genuinely the sixth or seventh attempt at doing this. Why am I struggling? It's such an easy word. Maybe I need to put my glasses on, but normally I'm alright without them. Uh, that's coming up. Binge of the Week is back as well. That's exciting. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing I May Destroy You and The Five Bloods. But how you been? How, how's your week been? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, everything's kind of getting back to normal again. So much so that the house opposite me is actually being destroyed right now. So if there's any weirdish noises, yeah, that's what's happening. Fully getting destroyed? Yeah, fully getting destroyed. I mean, I looked outside my window earlier and like... They had a tra- uh, like tractor thing, and in its like claws was a, a tractor part thing. of the house. Yeah, I'd, no, I don't know my building sites. I mean, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, um, so shall we start talking about some films? Because this week we have got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, uh, and last week was very Amazon heavily based. It looks like this week on the pod we got some stuff from... Uh, from Disney Plus, we've got uh, BBC iPlayer, and we're starting off with an, an uh, with a Netflix original. Yeah, so um, Netflix have got the new Spike Lee film Sapphire Five Bloods on it, and obviously he's fresh off the back of Black Klansman, which won him his first Oscar, and it's his typical style. It's his outspoken filmmaking. The film follows four African American vets of the Vietnam War who are returning to Vietnam uh, to get the remains of their former squad leader and the fortune of gold they had hidden before i mean we've all seen lots of vietnam war films apocalypse now is the first that springs to my mind but um for me it's prison break um most recent season of prison break they go to vietnam and nasty yeah um this is us as a a vietnam story but this is the first time i've ever seen them focus on like african-american soldiers and that made up 33% of the U.S. Army in Vietnam. And actually, they, as Spike Lee comments in this film, there was no apparent reason for them fighting in a country that wasn't welcoming them when they were back home. And I think it is refreshing. It's a weird mix of genres, though. It's kind of like part heist film, part war film, and part buddy comedy. And it's the way Spike Lee can just change the tone of his movie within the beats that makes it such an interesting watch. I really like it. So what we're giving it is it it's must watch watch if you can and run away like the plague. What are you ranking? Oh, it's it? it's definitely in my opinion a must watch. I mean, it's not as good as some other Spike Lee films, but he's one of the greatest directors of all time. I would be very upset if Delroy Lando, who's incredible in this movie, isn't walking away with an Oscar next year for best actor. Oh, is that good? He's that good. Um, the rest of the film is also great, and he is such a showy performance as a veteran who's suffering from PTSD. Um, so it's it's one of the best films of the year so far, and it will be around in February when we're talking about the Oscars. Definitely, it's quite amazing. Top of this game. Um, you know what? I'm actually so excited for February just to just to do the Oscars because I've never really followed it before. Um, I might read it up online, but you fully stay up, don't you? Because yeah, obviously I'm... we're in the UK. Yeah, so I'm. Probably, you get in your tux. You have a I've glass got of a champagne. Super, I've got. Yeah, I'm, it's one of the funniest things. I'll try and find the photo of last year. But I'm in my suit with a glass of champagne by my hand, and I'm just scrolling. At three Twitter in the morning. Through, yeah, at three in the morning, and I'm just scrolling Twitter, and it ends at like six thirty, and then I go went to school the next day, and it was like. Oh, so you had like what half an hour's sleep? <laughs> yeah, I did not sleep that much. 
and then with, I had a couple uh, of really dull day, lessons. With a bit of a struggle. Uh, yeah, but I just slept for M so. <laughs> no, I was not didn't. very popular that day. Um, up next, I think we've got I May Destroy You, which is the only TV show that this is week, um, which is showing how good we have got for film. But also because I want to kind of highlight how if you're going to watch anything on TV this week, it should be I May Destroy You. The episodes are only half an hour long. The first three are on BBC iPlayer. And it's about Arabella. She's a young woman and she's struggling to... She goes out to a clubbing with her mates one night and she gets back home and she can't remember what happened. And she's kind of realised that she's basically been date raped and someone slipped something into her drink and she can't remember what's happened. And it's such an important TV show. It's all about the message of consent and the lack of it. It's really powerful in the way it talks about sexual assault. And it's from Michaela Cole, who's a complete genius if you've watched Chewing Gum. But this is a darker drama and it's talking about the stuff that she's been through. I mean, it's very authentic. And I think is it quite a sensitive watch? It's a very sensitive watch, but then we're really lucky the episodes are only half an hour long. Yeah. Because I did watch the first two episodes back to back, but they were challenging. And if it's only half an hour a week for 12 weeks, like normal people, that's not <clears throat> that much. And That's doable. Yeah, and I think if you've not been a victim of sexual assault, um, then you actually really should watch this because in our country we've got a kind of culture of not believing yeah. um, that the people who have these things. Yeah, and this show shows that. This show shows how it can completely destroy multiple people's lives. Does it ask a lot of questions as a show as well? Yeah, I mean, we've only seen the first two episodes, mm. so that's kind of adds a bit of a challenge because I've seen an hour of this show, the third episode's being released today, and the first episode in particular that's setting it all up and it's in a kind of non-linear storytelling and it's not clear what's happened just like it is for Arabella who's the protagonist she doesn't know what's happened so I can't say if it's asking questions but it's very poignant and it's mm. very pointing to you making you should be thinking about that in a similar way to how Daft Five Bloods explores racism and really timely for the whole Black Lives Matter movement going on I May Destroy You is also incredibly timely for how we treat sexual assault and consent. And it's an amazing watch. Michaela Cole, she's a genius. She's wrote, directed, and the star of this film. And she's done no, it again. No, all three. All three. She's also got producing credits. Um, Incredible. This is all from her mind. And normally when someone's been so involved... Has she got a past experience? So she, she made sitcom Chewing Gum, which aired a few years ago. And she won a BAFTA for that. And this is a complete tonal change from it. But she is once again, like, phenomenal. I think she's one of those people who everyone needs to watch out for. She was also in Black Earth Rising. She's just multi-talented. And actually, we're talking about Kenneth Branagh's latest film in a bit. And I think she could have be someone with a similar career path to him. And the fact she is so versatile and so impressive across not just multiple different genres but also multiple different jobs in filmmaking and tv making i think she'll be a name in 10 20 years time who everyone will know who Michaela how Carson old is she now uh, late late 20s um okay so still got a long way to go still got a long way to go and she's michaela cole watch out for that name not Mika michaela culkin which was such a weird thing i just said 
that was real weird. I, I did think first time you said it. Yeah, um, I think I was. Is it Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone? Yeah, yeah, I think I had a bit of him Macaulay, in my brain. Macaulay, Macaulay, something like that. Something like he's that. He's a nobody now, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. To be fair, he's going to be in the new series of American Horror Story. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's getting jobs again. And his brother, if you haven't seen Succession, his brother, Kieran Culkin, is in that. And he is phenomenal. Kieran Culkin is one of the best actors. And in a few weeks' time, we'll be talking about who we think will get Emmy nominations. I'm going to put a little tease in there for that. And I reckon he's going to get one this year. Do you? Yeah, he's great in this show. Amazing. Maybe we can talk about that show uh, in more depth in an upcoming episode of the podcast. So if you would like to see that, please do get in touch. Everything should be linked down below and you will if get I in contact with Ben. Too. Yeah, you forgot last time. I did. I mean, you could just Google the Articulate Film website and then get in contact by there or the Articulate Film Twitter account. And it saves me having to remember to put my email address at the bottom of the link. But <laughs> but you could just remember. I could just remember. <laughs> I'll remind you, mate. I upload it like Wednesday at like nine in the morning. Yeah, why do you, get, why do you upload it at that time? Um, I don't know. It just got into a routine. Alright, do you set your alarm for it? No, I'm up anyway. Oh, you're up working, reviewing. I'm 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 an early riser, so Oh I, I am not. Today had an online lesson, fell back asleep, and then woke up like twenty minutes into the next online lesson, so that wasn't great. Uh it was probably because I was up late all night watching my binge of the week this week, which brings us nicely on to the feature that's returned binge of the week. We, we need music for that. We do. We need like a deep voice. We need two. We need two. Yeah, we, we also opening. need one for we need opening, we need binge of the week, and we need one for classic film watch. Also, and maybe the the one the thing we're doing at the end as well. Yeah, maybe um our goal that's four. our quote our attempt to find the golden Gordon Ramsay quote and yeah we'll, we'll get back to that later we um, should... on with binge of the week though Ben what you been binging so um everyone knows that all the classic comedies have been taken off BBC iPlayer and Britflox and Netflix for good reasons I don't think I do agree with Matt Lucas and David Wallings that Little Britain was offensive and it's got me thinking what shows am I going to have to watch now just in case they're removed Right. And I've been watching the classic 90s and early noughties sitcom, I'm Alan Partridge. Um, I'm a sh- I am I think, Jacob, you haven't even heard of this, have you? I've heard of Alan Partridge. Yeah, I mean, it's by the great Steve Coogan and Armando Iannucci, who has went on to do Veep and uh, the personal history of David Copperfield, which we'll be talking about next week, and among many other things. And it's just such an iconic character. I think this show has so many quotable moments. And even, like, I, my parents, I don't think, watched it. Or my mum definitely never watched it. But we were just talking the other night and she referenced Monkey Penis. And it's stuff like that. I think it's one of those shows that is so in linked to British culture at the moment without me even recognising it. I think it might even be the first time I've watched the show properly. But I'm just laughing around rolling to my eyes steve coogan comedy are genius. you laughing in a room by yourself because you say that is a I, I am laughing in, i am laughing in a room by myself and it's a weird and awkward comedy a bit like chewing gum um and i just think it's great i think it might be the best british comedy of all time certainly up wow that is a strong statement to it's make for me nothing beats the in-betweeners nothing 
Ooh, Alan Partridge Club, the in-betweeners. That's like... That's or Friday Night Dinner, because that's a classic as well. Friday Night Dinners is a pale in-betweeners rip-off. <laughs> um, the new season's not great. new season wasn't great. Alan Partridge, I think it's up there. Partridge, The Office, Faulty Towers, Gavin and Stacey, The Inbetweeners. I think Derry Girls, we might start Yeah, but you just said it was the best, so apparently it's better than all of that. Fleabag. Apparently it's better than all of that. There's a lot of really good shows, but I Mm. think if you're looking at that kind of top-tier pyramid of UK comedies, I'm Alan Partridge certainly has to be up there. And it is certainly better than your pick. So, oh, sorry, what are we giving uh, I'm Alan Partridge, by the way? What are you giving it? Oh, it's a must-watch. And so, because I don't think we said this, I May Destroy You also must-watch. That's not true, so I made that clear. Uh, my binge of the week is an absolute must-watch. It's not. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will know that Ben here hates Friends, the, the amazing TV show Friends. You've put this in there to wind me up, haven't you? I love, I love the show Friends. And last week on the pod, Ben says, is it going to be your binge of the week next week? And that got me thinking, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I yeah, you know what? It is. I should never so, have given you that idea. So, my binge of the week this week, purely to wind Ben up, is... Friends. Oh, How do you feel, Ben? I'm kind of at the moment, because I think everyone's getting a bit bored and going insane. I'm making a hundred point document about why Friends is not very good. Oh, what? And then we read it on the pod? Well, we might read it on the pod. I might just send you it as in a text message just to really wind you up. Yeah, I think I think we need to come to the end of this whole Friends thing. We do. I mean, like, I think it will keep coming up organically. Yeah. <laughs> and we have genuinely also messaged about it over the last few days. No, you sent me so much on Instagram being uh, being like, this is why people hate yeah. Friends, Friends is bad, <laughs> unpopular opinion, Friends is terrible. <laughs> Always starts with the phrase unpopular opinion for some reason. <laughs> it does. But Friends, in my opinion, is an absolute must-watch. 90s classic. Uh, it has aged a bit, but it is still incredibly funny. I love it. Mm. Ben, what's up next? Yeah, um, I was just going to say, I don't think either of us picked two Binge of the Weeks there that most... I think most people have seen one or both of our Binge of the Weeks. Yeah. I don't think we were pretty, like, ingenuitive or special. I yet. don't think we took it seriously enough. I, I don't think we did either. Um, I think next, uh, in two weeks' time, we need to find slightly more niche picks. We need to step it up a bit. We should step up a bit. <laughs> I not just do Friends. Yeah. Even though that is a must-watch. Partridge is better. Um, yeah, so next up, we have got the latest Artemis Fowl adaption. And it's based off the children's book. What's it available on? Uh, it's available on Disney Plus. It must oh. be the oh yeah. It must be the only Disney Plus new original piece of content. Yeah, should we just talk about uh, what's months. going on with Disney Plus at the minute? Yeah, so Disney Plus. I keep on reading that it's losing subscribers more than it's gaining them because they're uh, not. There's no original content on there. In other words, Star Wars. Star Wars isn't being released. I know they need more Star Wars. They need more Marvel. They but they also just need to find more new shows. I reckon if they were releasing more... Yeah, there's no good just relying on Marvel and Disney for... Uh, Marvel and Star Wars for the rest of time. Yeah, I mean, if they were to just have more content, 
then it would work. I mean, Disney, as out of all the major Hollywood studios for the last few years, hasn't released that much. And they also have two streaming services. They have Hulu to look out for in the US. And they ply more content to Hulu than they do to Disney+. Plus. It's nuts. Um, and when they do put content, like Artemis Fowl, it's not been very good. I mean, oh, okay. You're Arthur actually Spout doing something not, negative on this pod. Yeah, it's not the standard of Mandalorian, but because it's a big release, I'm talking about it. I mean, it's based off the children's books, which I think I may have read, but don't remember too well. And I'm I'm going to put money that you haven't read them, Jacob. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. Um. And the children's books quite famously have the tagline, Die Hard with Fairies. Um, I kind of wish this film was a bit more like Die Hard. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Kenneth Branagh, and he is a genius and a legend. Right. And this is definitely his worst film. I mean, it's about Artemis Fowl, who's like a 12-year-old genius meets criminal mastermind meets super spy type character. Um and he finds himself in an epic battle against a race of underground fairies who may wow. be behind his father's disappearance. I mean, that is... What age is this show based for? I, oh, it's a film. What it's, age? It's definitely a kid's film. Okay. Um, but Families or, or, or not? Well, I think the only use for this movie is sitting your kids down on a Saturday afternoon and hoping they enjoy it, and then... You yeah, you've got loads of experience in putting... Neither of us have any kids, kids, but I'm just saying, I don't think any parents would enjoy this. Because there are some Disney... Sorry to go off topic. Disney Channel, things on there, like Good Luck Charlie. Parents actually find funny. We used to watch it when I was like six, seven, and my dad found it funny. He didn't sit down with us and watch it as such, but when he was this, in the room, he did find aspects of it funny. Yeah, this doesn't stand up to the parents. I mean... It's not offensive. It's 90 minutes, so at least it was short, and I managed to get it done quite quickly. Uh, but I just think there's a lot of really incredible talent in this movie, and it just felt a bit hollow and a bit unsubstantial, and a bit like it could have been more. I mean, the book took 20 years. This film has been 20 years in the making, and it's been postponed and postponed, and it's kind of been dumped on Disney+. Plus. And oh, was it not initially meant for Disney Plus? It was meant to come out in cinemas last summer. Oof. And then they moved it back to fit in other releases. So it's at the bottom of like Disney's kind of release importance pile. I think it's even behind New Mutants at this point, which shows wow. just how low it is in their order. But um I'm not gonna say it's good because it's not if you I'm sure kids would love it. Uh but I don't think adults will. But it did get me thinking. Dame Judy Dench, legend. She's in this movie, and she's some sort of fairy head of police. Google her, and you will see her costume is kind of ridiculous. And I'm thinking, between this and Cats, I reckon she's like, oh, I'm like nearly 80. Did you like Cats? Oh, I do love Cats, but in like a... I love Cats in a way that you can watch it in. What? Yes, she is. I love Cats in a way you can watch it and laugh at, and you can't do it with this movie. But between Artemis Fowl and Cats, I wonder if Judy Dench has thought, I want to wear some of the most ridiculous outfits I can possibly find on film. Because 
if you were to make a list of ridiculous things people have looked like, she's got a few good ones from recent years. Are they like up there with Lady Gargoyle's ridiculous outfits? It, it, this one is definitely up there with Lady Gargoyle's ridiculous outfits. Oh dear. Mm. And this is in a film. Does it work within the film? Is everyone in these ridiculous outfits? Or does Only it stand Judy out? Dench, and I think she might be the best part of the movie because she knows okay. exactly what film she is in, which always it's always good when the actress understands how, what the type of film it is. Um, yeah, let's move on. It's certainly not a must-watch. So is it a must-watch, watch if you can, or run, run away like the plague? It's a runaway. Uh, yeah, it's a runaway. Um, is this our first official runaway like the plague? Yeah, I think this might be our first runaway. I'm trying to think. Other than Friends? Other than Friends. I think we m- there might have been something I really hated. But yeah, this is the first time I've said, I reckon if you've got kids, they might enjoy it. Don't put it on for the kids. Yeah, put but it on for the kids. But for people that actually enjoy TVs and films, no. Put it on for the kids. They might enjoy it. And lock your kids in a room so you don't have to catch even a minute of it. Is there nothing from that film you enjoyed? Well, it's 90 minutes and Ireland looks beautiful. So <laughs> that's the Fair only two takeaways. Anyway, let's, Fair enough. let's quickly do The King of Staten Island. Now, Judd Apatow, he is someone who's not a fa- name that most people think of or know about, but he is the king of all the romantic comedies that have pretty much come out this millennium. Um, his credits include 40-year-old Virgin, Trainwreck, Knocked Up, he w- he helped on Anchorman, he's worked with Adam Sandler, and he's a complete genius. And I think The King of Staten Island, which is his latest film, is a rather nice watch, it's sweet. It stars Peter Davidson, um, and it's kind of autobiographical... Aut- uh, it's Can't get semi- words like you're doing to me. It's an autobiographical film about Pete Davidson's life who's the famous uh, Saturday Night Live comedian. And Davidson actually lost his father during 9-11. Wow. And this movie focuses on what it's like to have a father who's a firefighter who dies. And then it deals with the trauma of how that's kept you for the rest of his life. And it's about Mm. Peter Davidson kind of plays one huge man-child, which is what I imagine he's like in real life. And he gets a really good character arc uh, when his mum starts dating another firefighter because she's got a type um (laughs) peter davidson i never thought he cracked and i never actually even liked him in saturday night live but he's wonderful in this movie i really cared about him i wanted the best for him i was rooting for his character to pick his life back together and open his tattoo shop even if he's awful at tattoos these tattoos are like ridiculously bad the film has some of the worst tattoos in cinematic history but that's the point and that's the charm of it. It's sweet. Oh, it's meant to be bad. Yeah, it's sweet. The characters are charming. It's got a large ensemble cast, including Melissa Tomney and Steve Buscemi. So there's some good names in there. Pamela Aldon appears for like a five-minute role, and she's way better than the role they've given her, but she gives it such a nuanced spin. And it's not your typical rom-com, because there's very little romantic comedy happening. Belle Powley, who has been in stuff like The Morning Show, but she was also in M.I. High when we were kids. Um, She's the romantic lead in this film. And I think with Sapphire's Blood and I May Destroy You, The King of Staten Island isn't as good as them. But it's not a bad film. 
It's not a can watch. It's better than can watch, but I would feel awkward giving three must watches in one week, if you get what I mean. So, like, it's somewhere between there. It's somewhere between there. It is a phenomenal film. It's just kind of come out in a week where there's lots of great movies. What's it available on? Um, so this one, it was meant to come out in cinemas. Um, and it's one of those films like The High Note and Trolls, which they have went just rent for like 15 quid on, oh, so it's a on like what can you rent Amazon it on? and Apple. You can't stream it on, you can rent it wherever you rent the films from, iTunes, Google, YouTube. Sky, YouTube, I reckon you can rent it on there. Um, it's well worth it. It's worth And how much do you say it is? Fifteen pounds? About thirteen quid. That's not too bad. That's yeah, not it's, bad. It's, it's 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 pretty much the same cost as your cinema tickets. And I can only really complain that it's slightly too long. Otherwise it's a great film. Exactly. And when you put it like that, it's the same cost as a, a cinema tickets. That is a really great way of looking at it. Yeah, and I kind of hope the cinemas can get back up and going after this. I would have loved to have seen this film in a cinema. Um, but what can you do? If this is the only place to watch The King of Staten Island, this is where you watch it. Mm, absolutely. Well, that brings us nicely onto the end of the podcast. Uh, if you are still listening, fair play to you. Congratulations. Have a pat on the back. We should stop <laughs> saying fair play to people who haven't turned it off because that implies we have no confidence in this. <laughs> I have confidence in it. Yeah, I mean, I do as well, but like, we should definitely stop saying well done for listening and just hate people who haven't turned it off. So hopefully you are... Okay, sorry. Hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully you are still listening. If so, thank you very much. Uh, This brings us nicely on to the end of the podcast. If you were listening last week, you will know that Ben and I are battling it out. We are fighting against one another to try and find the greatest Gordon Ramsay quote of all time. Last week it was Ben's go. I thought Ben had a pretty solid quote. Yeah, I've got my um, Your Fish is So Undercooked It's Still Looking for Nemo. One was that was Ben's. Uh, this week is, is my turn. But Ben, quickly, what are we calling this at the end, end of the podcast? So, um, we've been struggling on names. That's why we didn't have a name last week. And we have thought of the awful name. Um, it's a word pun on Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. We've thought of Ramsey's Insult Nightmares. Ooh, Ooh. I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's cringe, yeah. Uh, but we, it's the best we could do. So don't judge us. Neither okay, of us it is right. my quote this week. I am trying to fight against Ben's the fish is so what? Oh what? What was your quote? Oh um the fish is so raw it's still finding Nemo. Yeah. I'm How trying are we to gonna judge this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna the, the mine people listening your... at the end yeah. who don't get well done, but a thank you. The people listening could get in touch. Yeah, and send us quotes as well. Because let's be honest, we're, we're just going to back our own quotes. Well, I don't know. What's your one? I reckon I'm okay. less likely. Neither of us are particularly compared, or I'm less competitive than you are, so I'm more likely to fold. What's you your? ready? Yes, I'm ready. This pizza is so disgusting. If you take it to Italy, you'll be you'll you'll be arrested. This pizza is so disgusting. If you take it to Italy, you'll be arrested. Yeah, Nemo's better. No! It's still it's funny. It's, it's still a good one, but it's kind of standard. It's a bit standard Gordon there. No, you've got to think of it in the James Gordon way. This pizza is disgusting. If you take this to Italy, you'll be arrested. You've got to think of it like that. Yeah, and I think I still think Finding Nemo's a better quote. I completely disagree. Oh, 
then this could be a continued fight for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Someone's just banging on my window. Do apologise if you heard that. That is the end of the Articu Film Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday. See you soon. Bye. Bye.